Thanks for downloading and listening to a quick timeout podcast presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. As you plan your workouts and particularly your shooting workouts this offseason, let me encourage you to head over to drdishbasketball.com. I've put together a series of videos of my favorite shooting machine workouts. Whether you're running a small group workout or even a solo workout, there are drills to help your players improve this offseason. Simply visit drdishbasketball.com and click on blog from the drop-down menu to start planning your next workout. It's great to have with us back on the show, college basketball coach, Andrew Wingreen. Coach, thanks for coming on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me again, Tony. If you're a listener of this show, you you know that Coach Wingreen and I spent about five years together on the staff at Bob Jones University. And since then, he's had the opportunity of assisting at the NAI level, then became a head coach, then most recently was at Stedson on Donnie Jones' staff. As you look back, what were some of the things that you were able to both learn from those different experiences and then also maybe kind of uh, thinking long-term aspirations for, for what you want to do and where you want to be? Yeah. I mean, I think each stop that I had, um, there were so many things that were were different, different personalities, different scenarios, different setups, different levels. And so I was able to to learn a lot um, from both being an assistant at small colleges, being around the Division One level, being a head coach at a Division Three school. Um, and it kind of just gave me an a bunch of knowledge of different things. But um, I think one thing that just kind of sticks out is being able to to learn from each of these guys I worked for, um, you know, Coach Ring at, at Bob Jones and Ryan Lightfoot at Bethel, being able to work for an athletic director and um, administration as a head coach at LBC and then working with Donnie Jones here at Stetson, you know, just the, the different uh, strengths and weaknesses of each leader and kind of being able to see what I'm good at um, see maybe where I need to learn more, what I, what I excel at and being able to just soak in from how these guys led their programs and, and being able to in turn take some of those things to, to what I was doing as a head coach and what I would maybe change differently as a head coach down the road. But, um, I think it's just like a cool experience to have, um, all these different levels and different types of leaderships that I was able to learn under. I know as an assistant coach, you always kind of imagine what it would be like being a head coach or think about the way that you would do things or, or run things. What was that for you? And then maybe what would it look like when you actually had the opportunity to be a head coach? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, any assistant coaches out there always has an idea of what they would, would do differently, maybe as a head coach um, or things that they would do more of, you know, that they, they saw their head coach doing that they would want to do more of. But I think for me as a young coach, I just always had this, I was drawn to great cultures. I was drawn to, you know, to programs and coaches who wanted to do things the right way, the way that they wanted to lead young men, grow leaders, obviously build a winning program and take things to the next level. And so I, I was kind of drawn to guys like that. And that's, you know, my idea. I think we did that at Bob Jones. We, we were able to able to build a culture. We're able to do things a certain way. And I, I think even the way that you've continued that uh, since I've been gone, you guys do a great job there. But um, that that was something that I always wanted to do was just be somebody who other coaches could look at and say, man, they have a great culture. They do things the right way. I come on that program, not only are, are great basketball players, but they're great leaders. They're great men. They come out to be great husbands, great fathers. And, you know, that's that's kind of my desire. That's what I always pictured being a head coach would be like is just, uh, you know, kind of being able to uh, impact and influence people in that way. So when you became a head coach, what did you find was was different and what was similar to what you had expected it to be? 
Yeah, well, I mean, there's definitely opportunity to do all the stuff that I was just talking about. But at the same time, there's a whole lot more that you have to deal with and that you have to work with on a daily basis. So um, I think in my mind, I, I had it pictured a certain way. But then when you become a head coach and you're put in that position where you have to make, you know, not only daily decisions about your program, but you have to you're responsible for each person on that team. And every single one of them wants to see your time and they expect the most you know, everyone wants to play a lot. Everybody wants to, they think they're the only thing in your world. And so you have to make time for all of that. And, you know, I, I think that's something maybe I wasn't, I don't want to say I wasn't ready for, but I didn't understand fully the time commitment and the, the accountability that would be part of that. Um, you know, cause you're making decisions for your program. You're communicating with the academic people across campus, the financial aid people across campus, the people in the dorms trying to get dorms, set up the right way and you know there's just so much communication that goes on and so many decisions that are in your court and you know your day gets caught up doing a lot of these things that are not basketball related so that's something where you know if I ever get another head coaching position probably be a little bit more ready for and, and kind of have a an idea of okay I have to I have to make time for these things and I have to understand the importance of the things that are outside of basketball because again in my young coaching mind there was a lot of I was very focused on basketball and leadership and didn't always take into consideration the things outside of that. I'm interested to hear for you. Was there anything different as far as what happened in games, the way that you thought about the games or even the way that you managed what you said or what you did? Obviously you hear it all the time, but assistant coaches are really good at giving suggestions. And I was a master at that when I was an, an assistant coach at Bob Jones, I had all the right answers at all the right times. And when you know, our head coach didn't go with my suggestions. Obviously, my way would have been the right way if it didn't work. So I think as a head coach, though, you realize the decisions that you make are not always just cut and dry. Like there's a lot of things you have to take into consideration. And even as I have been around the Division One level, there's even more things to take into consideration with some of these, you know, recruiting things that go on and relationships and things off the court that can be impacted. But moving over you know, to the next seat of being a head coach. It's just, uh, you have to think a little bit quicker. You have to really prepare for any situation. It can't just be something you are thinking about. You know, I know as an assistant, I would kind of be thinking about, okay, when this situation arises, I'm going to be ready to give a suggestion or I'm going to be ready with this. And, you know, I'm sitting around the bench contemplating when and where I'm going to say what I'm going to say. As a head coach, you know, every second you got to be thinking about the next possession and you got to understand what, you know, you do rely on your assistants a bit to help you with what defenses are doing and, and maybe what adjustments the other team has made. But you really have to be on top of your game and, and be making decisions on the fly. And you don't have time to think about it, even, you know, in a timeout when you're sharing things in a huddle. Um, as an assistant, sometimes there was if I saw a kid not working hard or I felt like our defense, you know, I can I can think about what I'm going to say because I'm not necessarily focused on all the other things. I have my my certain things that I'm focused on but as a head coach you know, you're trying to relay a message to five guys and even guys who may be coming in and, and trying to get all of this information conveyed in 30 seconds or 60 seconds, however long that you're in the huddle for. It's fun, but it's different. And it, it's a lot or a lot harder than you would think. Um, but I loved it. And, you know, hopefully we'll get another chance to to be in that role again. Yeah, we had a COVID situation this year, and so there was one game that I had to had to step in and, and head coach. And to your point, I mean, that was the biggest thing that 
I quickly came to the realization probably less than about three or four minutes into the game. It's just the <laughs> mindset as you are there on the bench is completely different. You're having to manage both sides of the basketball. And then you're also thinking about substitutions and making sure that guys aren't playing too long. And there was just kind of more things and different things to think about, but it also really gave me an appreciation for my head coach and his um, willingness to allow me to do certain things that I know he knew like was a help to him, but it allowed allowed him to kind of be better at what he did. And I think that that's kind of the, onus then is put on the assistant coaches to to make sure that you're you're doing all you can to kind of support and just like you said you're you're there to give suggestions but also to appreciate the fact that when you're in that head coaching position it's it's difficult to manage everybody's suggestions and then also to your point the players and their expectations and thinking long term not just thinking like one one we were always right about our suggestion because it impacted like one particular thing about the game and he's trying to think about how it could impact the whole game and a lot to it so yeah i mean to your point it was just a, a totally different mindset that that takes time to do and multiple games for you to kind of get that get that down and probably switch switch mindsets and switch gears real real quick one like yeah. I, i'm even thinking of like working with coach jones here at stetson it was i remember i think it was our first year maybe our second year but we were we were playing Liberty later in the week and we had this game plan. We were kind of throwing a bunch of defenses at them, two, three zone, one, three, one, box and one. We had all these things. We were just trying to mess with them a little bit and put them in different situations. And I remember like first half, we're wanting to make these adjustments because we're not playing so well. Donnie's like, no, we can't do that yet. And, you know, we're all kind of like, why not? We just worked on it all week. And that first game, I think after halftime, we come out of halftime and make an adjustment and play box and one. And we won the game. And, you know, after the game, Donnie's like, yeah, I didn't want to throw box and one in the first half because then they would have time to adjust to it. So in the second half, this is when we do it. And then he's also thinking long term about the second time we have to play Liberty, not wanting to give away certain things. You know, maybe we have a, a game against just florida gulf coast or something and we're planning on playing two three zones so he doesn't want to show things on film that maybe we're going to do and that's just the mindset of a head coach and i'm not saying that's how everyone's wired but it was something that made me think you know it can't always be in the moment like yes you have to what do we do next and what do we do here what's going to work but sometimes you know higher levels you get you're thinking about okay Obviously, the guy on the other sideline, too, is a really good coach. And if I do something too soon or at the wrong time, they'll be able to adjust to it. So you kind of have to play that chess match of first half, second half, maybe the next time we play him, maybe a conference tournament, we're going to play him and just kind of have all these scenarios. And so the mindset of a head coach is just so wild and not saying it's perfectly uh, there's no recipe for it, but you're just thinking of those things are on your mind. And that's something interesting that I saw at this division one level with coach Jones. I know your, you know, relationships are an important part of what you do. I, I was curious, did you feel like your relationship with the players changed when you, when you went from being an assistant coach to a head coach and how exactly did they change if there was a difference? Yeah. You know, I think personally, I didn't feel like my relationships changed with the guys. I felt like I treated them the same way and wanted to, you know, as an assistant coach at Bob Jones, was very close with a lot of the guys and would have them over to the house a lot. Just you're not really their best friend, but you're more of a friend than you are of somebody who's just going to be on them all the time. Um, and when I became a head coach, I tried to be that person. I tried to have guys over and just build these relationships, fun with them. But I did learn pretty quickly that 
as a head coach, I think the players don't feel they have the same relationship with you. If that makes sense. You know, I think Mm -hmm. they, they look at assistants and feel like they can maybe be a little bit more open with them, share a little bit with them struggles they're having just because the assistant coach is not the one that's going to be making the decision to put you in the game or going to be making the decision to bring in a person to replace you. And so I think as a head coach, they're a little bit more guarded, a little bit more timid to share things. You know, they didn't want to upset me or make me think that they weren't having a good day or something because of fear of what I might do mm-hmm. in a starting lineup or in a minute situation. And none of that was true, but from their standpoint, it does change your relationship with them a little bit. And so kind of looking back, if I were to do this again, just being able to really build that, it's like you just have to go to the next level of trust as a head coach and really make sure that, that your players do understand that you love them and you care about them. Like there's just gotta be an extra effort and be open with them too. Like, you, you know, you're not, your playing time's not going to be dictated by if you messed up in school or got a bad grade, or if you're struggling with your family, like I'm not going to punish you for that, or I'm not going to think less of you for that. And just really make it clear that your playing time is going to be dictated by how you work every day. And like, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, like if you're the man for the job, like you're going to play, but they have to really believe that you have their best interests in mind. And so uh, I think as a head coach, you have to make two times, three times as much effort to build those relationships and build that trust with each member of your team. Not just sometimes as an assistant, you can really focus on a group of four or five who you're responsible for. But as a head coach, you got to be there for one through 12 or one through 15, however, however many guys you got on your roster. Yeah, I found that relationship is I think it's just inevitable that it's that it's different for the reasons that you mentioned, especially you know, the decisions that they have to make and playing time. And, but I do think that that too, assistant coaches, you have to be very careful understanding that that that's probably how it's going to be, but also understanding that you need to always make sure that you're, you're loyal to your head coach and that you're not telling them things or, or putting him in a bad spot or making him look bad or whatever. For sure. But there is a, a, a fine line between being understanding, saying things that end up reflecting poorly on your head coach that relationship I think is, is like I said, kind of inevitable just because of the nature of how things are. And I think that can be good though, too, for, for a staff is being able to have assistant coaches that do connect that way to the, to the players. But I've seen head coaches and I know that you do this, but the the time that you spend and just showing that you care and taking them out to a meal or meeting with them in the dining common or whatever uh, can go a long way and kind of changing the way that they, they observe it. Because I do think that a lot of them are at, as they've probably been in high school, the age gap was even greater. And so they just come into a scenario where they feel like there's a big divide between the them and the head coach. And so the, any, any way that you can kind of narrow that to help build the trust among your whole team is obviously really important. And even like, you know, I talked about how busy head coaches can be with all the outside stuff. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you get, you get locked up in your office a lot, just doing things. And so when you meet with players and when you, you know, have these talks with them. A lot of times it's, Hey, come to my office, meet me there, Mm -hmm. come up before practice, come up after practice. And everything is in the gym or it's, you know, it's around basketball. And I think, you know, at the college level, especially basketball can be a full-time job. And sometimes the guys just need to get away from that. So, you know, I think again, as an assistant, it was a lot easier to go out to meals, have them over to the house and just kind of do things away from school, away from basketball. As a head coach, I found that maybe not as easy, but, you know, again, if I were to do it again, just 
find find things that are not related to basketball don't don't meet in the office like i, I want to go meet the guy hang out in the dorms or go you know go play video games maybe for like an hour just try and do something that's on their level do something that's not necessarily related to basketball where they can kind of get a feel for for me off the court i think that is a, a big part of of the relationship building process yeah, we've taken kids on recruiting trips and they've evaluated with us, but obviously you have an hour, hour and a half, or depending on where you're going to, to ride with them and kind of just to talk with them. We've gone out to lunch with them. Um, we go away. I think it's, it, if, if it's possible for your program to do something like this, but like to go away together as a team and not necessarily do basketball related things while you're there. Um, all of those things have been really helpful in, in building those relationships what what would you say is helpful for you as an assistant that you've experienced, but then as a head coach as well and, and having assistants, how do you feel like is the best way to use assistants and in relationship to like being a head coach or the head coaches that you've had, what have they done for you that have has been most helpful in preparing you for that position of potentially being a head coach? you know, I've been lucky to, to work for guys who are very willing to let you do stuff. So I think as an assistant, I was able to uh, have my hands on a lot of the game planning, practice planning, workouts, and, and just a lot of things that they entrusted me with. And obviously coach ring did a great job with that. I mean, he was also the athletic director, so he had a lot of other things going on and he just kind of threw a lot at me on my plate and let me run with it. And I love that. I loved I think at the time, maybe I didn't realize, man, he's trusting me with a lot of stuff. But looking back on it, like, I'm so thankful that he gave me those opportunities because, you know, without them, I don't think I would have been prepared to be, you know, as good of a coach as as I've become. And, you know, at Bethel, Ryan gave us a ton of a uh, ton of responsibilities and things that we can kind of go do with the guys and workouts. And, you know, even Donnie, every time someone approaches him with with an idea or with something, he listens and oftentimes puts it into practice and puts it into action. So I think, you know, as a head coach, being able to give your assistants a lot of responsibility and trust is huge. And obviously that comes with, you know, you have to build those relationships and make sure they understand the parameters and understand the culture. And I think having a strong culture kind of enables that when you bring in the right people, they, you know, they know where they need to go and what they need to do. But I think that meant so much to me and allowed me to learn so much. So you know, I, as, as a head coach for me, I probably didn't give my assistance that much. I, I think I was very hands-on and I wanted to do things and I didn't always have that trust. And again, I think that's a mistake I made as a head coach. And looking back, I would probably change that. Like just give, give more responsibility, let these guys run with it a little bit more and, and just run some drills and practice or run a whole practice by themselves, go, you know, just go do stuff. Cause I think it could be different and it may not be what you pictured or envisioned, but oftentimes, you know, having a little bit different perspective um, from your staff is powerful. So I do think it's, it's huge to, to have that trust and empowerment. I do think that that's probably a little bit personality far as being maybe a little bit more hands-on, hopefully not to the extreme of being a micromanager, but it's also, I think age connected to just your first job, you want to, you have an ideas of like the best way that things are going to be run. And so we're going to do it this way. But um, I found that some older coaches are, are more uh, willing to kind of give to assistance. But to your point, like you have to earn that as an assistant as well. And we've said it on this show before, but I would just encourage if you're looking for a staff to join, 
join a staff that 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 head coach already has a reputation for for not being a micromanager but also allowing his assistants kind of to to do what they're they're great at and also are helping them along to become head coaches or or move on to the next stage um, those seem to be like the best partnerships and to even Andrew's example, I mean, I moved into his position when he moved out and moved on to Bethel and I had observed what, what he did for coach ring and how it had prepared them. I, I really felt it prepared him for, you know, the travel and the, the food and all, just all the logistics that goes along with everything. And, you know, I, I figured if, if I'm going to eventually maybe run my own program, I need to be at least be aware of those things or, or know how to delegate those things to other people. And I still think a lot, too many coaches, a lot of coaches think too much about the strategy and the X's and O's, but if you're going to run a program, there's so much more that goes into it. And um, so having that opportunity, I think was really, really valuable for him. And it has been really valuable for me. So what advice would you give to the recent college graduate, college basketball player who's interested in going into coaching as they try to move up the ranks? What should they look for? We've talked about some of those things already, but what what was helpful for you? And maybe what were some things that you wish you would do differently? And then what are some things that you would do again, given the opportunity? Ultimately, it just comes down to the people you work with. And I think sometimes that's hard to, you know, you, you when you're a young coach, you think everyone you can build a relationship with and they're all good people and all that. But like, you learn quickly that some some people in the business don't do it the right way and they don't treat people the right way. And so I think just really make sure you talk to people who have maybe worked for them or but surround yourself with good people, the right people, people who know how to win, people who have developed leaders who have guys and other coaches who have gone out and you know gotten their own programs or moved up. Um, and I think that's something that as I go through the coaching ranks, like I'm getting more and more picky every year and and maybe it will be to my detriment sometime, but um, I just want to be with the right people. And that that's so important to me because um, you know, when you're not with the right people, you can be miserable and that's just not worth it. So um, that's the first thing I would say. The second thing, like you said, be with, like if you're trying to move up in the ranks, like that's one, one reason I wanted to work with, with Donnie was not because not because he won national championships at Florida and not because he was a winner, but because I knew he was a good person and because I knew he could help me and not, not just like using him for his network, but knowing that he wanted, he wants to help people and he wants to serve and he has that mentality. And so that's why I wanted to surround myself with guys like him and Brendan, sir, and just be, be in their, in their circle because they truly are good people and they, they want to help and serve. And I think that's, that's my heart and that's my mindset too. So um, again, just as a young coach, it's not always easy. You can't always choose where you go. Sometimes you might have to take a job that, that stinks, but if you can help it, you know, try and do that. And then probably the last thing I would say is don't just, don't just take any job for, for a job just to have one. And definitely don't just try and go to the highest level possible because it's not, it's not all it's cracked up to be. I know, you know, I love, loved my time doing division one basketball and and I hope to to stay in that at that level but I also know that there's some things you got to watch out for and some people you got to watch out for and so um, I think that's just something to take into consideration and it goes back to just working with good people who do things the right way before I let you go you mentioned networking just a few minutes ago opportunity for people to network with you or can I can connect with you on social media yeah my handles at coach wingreen pretty much on everything uh 
Twitter, Instagram. Um, so feel free to to shoot me a DM or connect with me there. And we'll love to to chat and talk a little bit about our journeys. Yeah, that's Coach Andrew Wingreen. Coach, enjoyed it. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate you having me. Thank you.